Join the conversation now on the WVMT Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony. 888-414-0303. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Hump Day Wednesday. And joining us now for the Downs Racklin Martin Weekly Legislative Report is my pal, Patty Comline. Good morning, Patty. Hey, how are you today? Good. So, um, Patty, give us the latest on what's happening with the property tax fiasco. Okay. So, three weeks ago, we talked about the 5% school budget property tax cap conundrum. Um, I was going to give you guys a quiz, but I decided to spare you on that. (laughs) Thank you. So if you recall, school budgets were capped at this 5%, so everybody was spending above that, and it was creating this whole weird thing going on. So Part, part of Act 127, right? Correct, correct. So the legislature scrapped the cap. They replaced it with a more surgical penny discount. So just as a very quick primer, a reminder, Act 127 was a per-pupil waiting bill where um, those schools who – it's more expensive to, for, to educate those kids. Uh, they would gain tax capacity, uh, so they would benefit. And those who would lose tax capacity, those who have students that are easier to teach, would have to pay to offset that. So they knew that was going to cause a big tax increase for the schools who were not benefiting, so they were created the soft landing. That was that 5% cap. So they scrapped that, and instead they're giving them a penny, penny per percentage rate increase. So what that means is if they were losing 10% capacity, they would get a $0.10 rate decrease. And that's going to go down 20% over five years and then goes away. So that's also going to cost, for the first year alone, about $30 million from the Ed Fund to pay that offset. Um, Senator Chittenden has said many times in committee that there's an inherent flaw in this funding because those who benefit are going to increase spending, which was the intention. And those who have to pay for it will decrease their budgets, thereby decreasing revenue that goes into the Ed Fund, and that's just going to exacerbate the, the tax rate increases. So well, it'll be interesting to see if his concerns play out. Nobody follows up when he brings up those those issues, however. Now, Patty, are the committees hearing back? Are they getting a lot of pushback? Um, here we are less than two weeks from town meeting day, and they're now you know, hoping that schools will delay their, their budget votes and, and reduce their spending levels as a result of, of getting rid of this 5% property tax cap, are they getting a lot of pushback from this? They're, they're hearing from schools, and they're listening. They really are. Um, but where does that put, to your point about where does that put us now, uh, the schools are pushing back. They are pulling back their budgets. Some of them are hearing are not. They're just going to put their budgets out there and let them get voted down. They, they have the option of pulling them back, working on them, and then they have to hold a second election uh, with an April 15th deadline. Um, so we don't know really where they are, what, what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. Um, but if, if their budgets get voted down, of course, and then of course we'll work on them again. So what the legislature is anticipating is that this will make a dent in the $250 million that they're seeing in projected increased spending. But the bottom line is that statewide, the tax rates are still going to be in the double digits. Um, so there are a couple other things that have come up is that inconsensitized population, that's those who make less money and so that they pay an adjusted income tax instead of their property tax full in full that's two-thirds of the population they get a tax credit like a payment and it's a year lag so they're gonna have to pay the full amount and they're gonna have to wait till 2026 
to get a, a credit for that. So that's a concern for people. And then you add to the whole quagmire or the common level of appraisal, which makes it even more difficult for people to understand the results of what their local spending is. Uh, so legislators are hearing from people on all of these things. Um, How would you like to be a legislator standing in front of people on town meeting day? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, your property taxes are going up 20%. But, <laughs> but let me explain it with a CLA and a coefficient of dispersion, and then they throw in a bunch of other big words that nobody, Yeah, I think have five people in that legislature really un- understand this to the depth of that you need to, because it's a, it, and it's not their fault. It's just so complicated. And even, right? if, and even if they understand it, explaining it in an understandable way to people is still not easy, even if they understand it. That's right. That's right. Like, I can say the words, but I do, do I really understand yeah, how it all plays out in, in the intricacies as you delve down? Because as you try to fix one thing, you know, you pull on one lever. Well, I keep saying lever, but you pull on one part, and there's another thing it affects. So it, it is. It, it's, it's something. Um, but the legislature, uh, so they, they knew they had three things to do. They had to mitigate the immediate problem, and that was this cap in the school, in, imminent school budgets. And then they're talking about these two other issues they have to deal with. And one is the um, school construction and deferred maintenance needs, which are estimated to be $325 million or thereabouts. Uh, so that's one another thing they have to be dealing with. And knowing that taxes are going to continue to get worse, they have to attend to the sinking ship of our current ed funding formula. So... How do they do that? And that's what they're spending a lot of time talking about. So they can plug it up with new taxes, which are going to cost us all more and isn't a lasting solution. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird that they're trying to help offset your increased property taxes by increasing your taxes somewhere else. Um, or they can finally accept that it's time to modernize that funding system. And and then, uh, Patty, in on this issue in VT Digger, this story the other day, and here's one of the quotes in here, which says, even with the new cents discount that you're talking about as the, mm-hmm. as the replacement for the, you know, help towns with the 5% property tax cap being eliminated, they're saying towns like Stowe, for example, their homestead property taxes are projected to go up an eye-popping 27% if the legislature takes no further action. And they said to get under a, just to get under a 10% tax increase, they would have had to trim... Uh, 19 teaching positions, and they say that would have made it impossible for them to operate the town school. Yes, they've heard a lot from Stowe. They've been actually in Senate Finance. Uh, they were there yesterday. They were there a few days before that. Uh, and, Senate, and Senator Cummings is listening to them. And um, they, 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 they ask them a lot about control costs, like uh, ESSER funds. The ESSER funds were the one-time COVID funds that schools used, and is that built into their base funding? Should, you know, should they be cutting that out? What they've raised issues about, Lamoille, um superintendent was in there yesterday and had a really, really good slide deck talking about things like for this second, um, okay, our system, nationally we're ranked number two in school spending. We're the second lowest in class size, and we have academic uh, declining academic performance. And those are things they discussed that Stowe is really talking to them about. Um, and that there's no link... Uh, and Cummings has said that we are the only state that the towns control their school budgets, and yet the pushback on that is always nobody really understands how their spending affects their school budgets, and, and you, I can't explain that. Yeah, and, and, and you get these perverse outcomes where they've controlled their school budget locally, but because of the common level of appraisal or whatever it is, the yield, they've, got, right? yeah, they've yeah. got this huge tax increase anyway, which you can totally understand how communities are going out of their minds with... We've kept our budget under control. 
but the tax rate's still going through the roof. Yeah, or now that they're a bigger district, they kept theirs under control, but the school next to them didn't, you know, has spent more for whatever reason. I'm saying they're out of control. For whatever reason, theirs went up. And so, therefore, as a district, their rate's going up. And what some people will say, the ones who are benefiting will say, well, but you're, you have to focus on you're educating all the kids in the state. Don't think of it just so locally. You've got to think about how your tax rate is actually benefiting everyone. And the people struggling to pay their taxes get frustrated by that, right? And this is a system, if you remember, like if you lose students, your rate's going to go up, right? Because you lost students, so you're not getting as much money per pupil. If you gain students, your rate's going to go up because it's going to be more expensive. You're going to need more, you know, more staff, more infrastructure to pay for those students, right, to support those students. So either way, if you lose kids or you gain kids, your rate goes up. So how is it not going to be a system where, where taxes are going to be increased? It's, it's, it's wacky. Patty, so, are, you, are you hearing anything else? So there's this bill... It does away with it. it. Allows the schools to go back and 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 uh, have their budget vote go come later. Reduce their spending. Uh, do away with the tax cap. The cents discount. Is there anything else being talked about in committees in regard to property tax? I mean, the governor just said that this is a good step, but not enough. Yeah, they they have mentioned on that the cost containment is mentioned by a minority of people in the committee, like Scott Beck in in finance and. Um, House Ways and Means will mention it. I've heard Senator Chittenden mention it in, um, in finance. They talk about cost containment. For the most part, they're talking about new taxes. Um, and when they talk about the things that have driven up the cost, the ESSER funds, as I just mentioned, uh, the health insurance for teachers, they bring that up a lot. That went up $20 million because 16.5% increase. $20 million. What they don't bring up is they pass up a student lunch program, right, free free meals in schools, and that was $29 million. and they passed that last year. They made it, it was a one-year during COVID, and they just made it, um, they just passed a law to make it, to have it be ongoing. That's $29 million, and you have to at least assess it and say, is it worth it? Because that was for all kids, if you recall. They had a program already, free and reduced lunch program, but they made it for all kids, so they so that kids who needed the reduced lunch program didn't feel stigmatized. I know there twenty nine million dollars. I know there were some legislators in years past that wanted to do away with unfunded mandates on on schools. We've all talked about that, right? There are a lot of social service programs that the schools are providing that probably should come out of the human service. They should look at that coming out of the human service budget, and they add to schools all the time mandates of things that they have to provide um, for the kids, like the lunch. Um, so those are those are cost drivers. They're, the schools do avoid, when they ask them about these one-time ESSER funds, um, the COVID money, like that was one-time money. Did you take those, that, that, those budget expenses out when you're rebasing now? And schools don't directly uh, answer that. Uh, I know that a lot of them um, hire paraprofessionals to deal with kids' behavioral and mental health problems. That's what we hear you know, in, in the committees. Um, and they feel they still need those, so those are ongoing needs, so they have a lot more paraprofessionals than they had in the past. Um, but, th- but that one-time money was not meant to be ongoing. So no one's asking, like, how much that is. You know, how much money did the state get, and, and are they still spending that money? Well, and, and yeah, money? they hired a lot of coaches, like math coaches, English coaches, and I get it because we were coming out of the pandemic. And, yes, it is nice to have, but at, at some point you have to kind of decide – how much of that can we keep and how much can we afford to keep? 
Yeah, it gets that, and it's interesting. And nobody denies that they're that they are struggling with how to reach kids now, and the behavior. As I said that now three times, I think is a real challenge for them. Um, but you know, one thing they're not mentioning: special ed was a big cost driver, right? We we heard that Kurt a lot, and they haven't had many conversations about that. So I don't know if that continues to be a challenge. Um, and again, with these math coaches and such. It's important, and we have declining academic performance, so they're needed, but I don't know how we continue on this track. And neither do they. They're having those conversations uh, every day. Just hope they figure out a path forward. All right. Patty Comline from Downs Racklin Martin with the Downs Racklin Martin Legislative Weekly Report. Thanks for that, Patty. Thank you. Good to talk to you guys. Have a good day.